Ever quit a job? Ever redefined yourself within one? Ever started something one big or failed? Quit is a call-in show, hopefully helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. I'm going to be taking calls this week, like I often do. If you'd like, you can call into the show live at 512-518-5714. You may also leave a voicemail, 512-222-8141. But it's too late for that now. Got to call in at the live number. You can also join, listen to the show live, 5x5.tv slash live. You can see the schedule at 5x5.tv slash schedule. No one more recording. It's usually 1 p.m. Friday, sometimes 2. We moved it up earlier. So I wanted it to be able to get out in time for people to hear it when they're driving home. See? Instead of having to listen live while they're driving home, it'll be ready for them already there when they're driving. I already got six callers stacked up, I think, which is good. One of them I know is that Kickstarter guy who claims that he started uh, his Kickstarter because of a blog post that I wrote, which is always a way to get me to take your call. <laughs> That's Hattie sitting across oh, from me today instead of Danielle all of yep. a sudden. Danielle went to, to Taco to Deli. Fetch, to fetch the food. To get the food. And normally Danielle is the official producer of this show. Uh, so I, I know she's bent out of shape about it. She's a very highly sensitive person. So she is. Uh, but but I ha- I, somebody I have her had to notes go get here the food. too. So I'm going to try and follow oh, wait, those them. Those are for her notes. So listen, yeah. keep this to 60 minutes. That's what I was going to tell you before. 60 minutes. I show. will unplug the mixer and everything else if you go over. Okay. Okay. Uh, we've already got a bunch of calls, so we're definitely doing calls today. And I've got a whole bunch of emails here. One of the topics that I wanted to talk about is not the Tumblr acquisition, but the email from David Carp, or not email, the post, the blog post, the Tumblr post about the acquisition and his choice of words for it. His choice of words and why exactly and what exactly it, it means, why he chose those words to use when he, uh, when he signed off his email. You'll know what I'm talking about when uh, I get to yeah, it. Yeah. Am I supposed to do a pre-roll on this show? You did a pre-roll. You're no, I mean, I mean a pre-roll where I oh, talk about this. Point. Is it one sponsor or am I doing running network? Uh, you were doing just one? Just fine. Did you Shutterstock want- is the sponsor. Yeah. So we'll tell you about them as the show goes on. Am I supposed to do bandwidth one on this? I'm legitimately pissed off right now. I know. I'm scared of you. <laughs> but I don't know why. I've been worked up. What is a bandwidth sponsor is Cashfly. C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com. They do all our bandwidth. That's why your downloads are fast. C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y. Is that thunder? Yes, it's raining here. Is it we're getting tornadoes? Uh, apparently, I was reading uh, the Farmer's Almanac, and they said that this summer is going to be... <laughs> you were just casually... I was just casually you thumbing you through the... Teen Vogue and Nylon the Farmer's and Almanac. The farmers, yeah. uh, Nylon's but, a magazine? Yeah. And it had uh, frequent frequent showers throughout the, the summer. So. Wow. Who needs the weather channel? That's also my Who needs my, the weather channel? My farmer's almanac for my life. Frequent almanac. showers throughout the summer. <laughs> not every day. Just frequent. Ugh. You're not gonna take over the show, are you? Because sometimes Sometimes I do that. You do that. Sometimes you're in here. Well, that's not what I'm doing this All time. Right, cool. <laughs> Last week I had Scott Johnson on the show, the frog pants guy. What a what a great show that was. What a what a People privilege to that. have him on the show. Wonderful man. Lovely man. 
And uh, he runs Frog Pants uh, Studios. He does shows over there. Apparently he does a daily show now that's been going on for a while. And uh, he's an artist, draws stuff. So if you missed last week's episode, which was episode number 24, I highly recommend it. Uh, really good. Really, really good. And we did do some behind the scenes stuff in the After Dark that went with it. So check that out too. Next week, we've got Matt Howie. You heard of Matt Howie? Heard of a little thing called Metafilter? I have. That's Matt's uh, his child, in a way. So he'll be joining me for the show. I've been lucky enough to meet Matt several times in real life. One time he was just visiting Austin. We went out, hung out, had, had some good food, and then hung out with him at XOXO. Oh, and, and uh, Moises, I am Moises, told me last night that he thinks he can get us into Comic-Con. <gasps> in? It's end of July, I think. Oh, me and says me have connection with Comic Con. Me, I'm coming to office to collect check today. Me like the money. Me like the money. Me, Moises, want money. Me drive there in person. So we'll see if we can get the Comic Con. Anyway, people don't care about this. Here's what they care about I got uh, in a fender bender, I was in the parking lot on Anderson right by the uh, Alamo North, adjacent to the CVS. I'm driving at a, the appropriate speed for a parking lot. I don't know if it's five miles an hour, something like that. 7.30 p.m., still light out. I'm driving past the CVS, CVS on my left, and I'm heading toward Anderson. And when you get to the end of the parking lot, there's a little ramp that you drive down that puts you out onto Anderson, right? So I'm driving there, and as I'm approaching the little ramp, at what I would guess is 20 miles an hour. This isn't a parking lot, Hattie. You're not supposed to go that fast in parking lot. Thank you. This uh, lady in a piece of crap Hyundai comes flying. Now, on the ground is what's called a painted, for our international listeners, it's called a painted stop sign. And that means on the ground there is a white strip painted in white on the ground. That's thunder. I wonder if that'll pick up on the mic. I hope. <laughs> and that means frickin' stop your cars, what the white painted stop sign means. You can see this. But even if there wasn't one, this is an intersection where people are coming in and driving out of the parking lot. You would think common sense would tell you to stop here. Common sense would tell you to stop even if there wasn't a painted stop sign. She's going about 20 miles an hour, makes, making no effort whatsoever to even slow down or pay attention to the conditions of the road or who, who else might be there in the parking lot with her. She flies right across the little intersection where people would be turning in and turning out as I'm approaching it. And as she's doing this, that amazing thing happens where everything goes into slow motion. So I'm getting to this point here and I see her not stopping and I say, hmm. She doesn't seem to be stopping. In fact, this is, this is real time. This is the time my brain is going. In fact, she's still driving through the stop sign. At this rate, I think I'm going to collide with her. I should turn the wheel or something. Well, let me put the brakes on. And the brakes go on. And I feel them do the, you know. That's the ABS. Right. And at this point, I say, I want, I, I'm not going to be able to stop in time for sure. 
Uh, now I will turn the wheel. This is, this is how it's playing out in my mind. It's at this speed. Really slow like that. So she uh, takes an evasive maneuver, which is just kind of swerve to the right. I turn the wheel to the left. The front passenger side of my car collides with the rear driver's side of her car. That makes sense. People can imagine this. Not quite a T-bone, but similar parallel T-bone. So she pulls over, I pull over. I walk out. I walk over to her car first and I make sure she's all right. She's fine. Go over, look at my car, look at her car, look at the stop sign painted on the ground. And I say, hang on, I'll go get my insurance information. So I go, I grab my pad of paper, write it down, get her information, write it down. I, you know, I probably shouldn't say too much else about it because it's in the whatever. You know, there's, you can't say too much. Limbo. I don't know what they say, but this kind of thing happened. Now I don't want to go into these. It's clearly her fault. There's no, it's clearly her fault. I don't want to get into what she's telling them, what her statement is or anything like that. This is the kind of thing that when this happens, you're kind of sitting there saying, do I get pissed off about this? this what's the point in getting pissed off about it? Do I get rattled by this? What's the point in getting rattled? There's nothing I can do. No one was hurt. Cars are both drivable. Doesn't look great, but they're both drivable. So what's the point in getting irritated about this? There's no point. And I keep thinking back of all the calls that I've had on this show, Hattie, all the calls that I've had, that one from that guy who went into sitting, he's sitting in his boss's office and his boss is telling him basically like he had, he, they had gotten word from several of the other technically supervisor or parallel type employees that the guy had done some things wrong, had poor performance. You remember that guy? Mm -hmm. And he got very, very, very upset. And very he had a, he did send a follow-up email. I didn't read it on the air because it was private. But he got, he, the follow-up email that he had was, you know, he, he, he had a whole transcription of the whole conversation. And he was, it was clear he was very upset. And things that upset us in life, I mean, you can, you can totally lose your mind when something upsets you. You make bad judgments, bad judgments. Yep. I stayed completely calm in this situation, mainly because nobody was hurt. Nothing serious had happened. No airbags had deployed. So I was relatively, you know, relatively calm. I mean, I think it's, it's tough to do that in a job situation. It's tough to do that in a situation that's more personal than this. But I could have burst out of the car and been like, you stupid witch. Why weren't you watching where you were going? What the hell's wrong with you? But instead, I just walked over. I said, you know, do you have insurance? Can I have the information, please? I will be filing a claim. You went through the stop sign. What stop sign? <laughs> I walked over to That's her. I said, said. Yeah. I said, this one right here. Wow. And she said, oh, I didn't even see it. I said, I know. That's why you hit my car. <laughs> I said, I know. I'm filing, a, I'm filing a claim. Well, she's denying it anyway. Hattie, can you find the Tumblr post from David Karp where he says, F yeah, because that's the topic. 
Then we're going to do some calls. I just want to introduce the topic first. And just message me the uh, the URL for that, please. Okie doke. Oh, I got your message about, uh, about uh, Danielle. What you were talking about just then, uh, about choosing to be, you know, to get angry or not mm-hmm. to get angry and mm-hmm. how to handle situations. I'm trying to find, there was um, a video, uh, there was a, a video that ha- that was along the same lines of that. It's like, you choose how to handle your environment and things like that. I want to, yeah. maybe I mean, next not, time you can play it. It's not easy to do. I think you'll like it if it's. It's not easy in that situation. I was now, I, I will tell you. I was a little bit. Do you find that post? I'm looking for it still. It's in the frequency show notes, by the way. Oh, then I can just, ooh, then I can just see. Dotted Where do lines, I go? Five by five dot TV slash. Frequencies show Hattie does if you want to hear more from her. Frequency. So in this situation, it's easy to get rattled and it's very easy to get rattled and very easy to get upset. When you're in that situation, and this is something Merlin and I talked about way, way, way back in the early episodes of Back to Work. Bless you. Thank you. And in this episode, I was saying I used to sit there and I was working from home and I was a so- in a software development role and my boss was in another state and all the people I worked with were in other states, all independent with a few exceptions. And I used to sit there, you know, in my T-shirt, my sweatpants, not showering for three days, eating scones. And I would get these emails from my boss, or really my boss's boss, technically. And he would nitpick the hell out of every little thing in this software that we'd built. And, and the way he was so, the language of it was so passive aggressive and just how come this happens? Why doesn't this happen? I click on this and then I see that instead of this, where's this thing? I don't know. I can't find it. It doesn't exist here. You know, that kind of email. Mm -hmm. And it'd be, you know, three pages of that going over and over and over feature. Kill me. And I would start to really stress out and it was just, it would stress me out to no end because here I'd be six thirty seven in the morning checking my email and I get this email. The guy's name was Rick. And the thing is in person, the guy was the nicest guy in the world. You'd hang out with him. You'd talk to him. He was a super cool boss, great person, wonderful family. And here he was writing this email that at seven in the morning is just stressing me out beyond belief. And then one day it just clicked. I was like, oh, I'm just a guy sitting in a room and he's a guy sitting in a room and that's it. That nothing bad is actually happening. There's no bear trying to eat us, you know, nothing's really happening right now. I can't take it personally what he's saying. Maybe he's having a bad day, a bad life. Maybe he just wants to make the best software product he can, and this is the way he knows how to communicate it. I don't know. What if he wasn't even nitpicking? He was just, that's the way he was coming across. He's very thorough. Right. He may not have a very good bedside manner in that way. Probably the case. But the the amount of stress it was causing me until I finally realized 
nothing's actually happened. Nothing happened. I read some text on a screen while I was sitting in my office and he wrote some text. Nothing has happened. And getting that kind of distance or detachment from the situation was so helpful. So helpful. Because I, I got a little bit of breathing room. I got a little bit of space. Nothing's actually happening. And I could breathe again. And I could read the emails, all of the emails that he ever sent after that. Without any problem. Because I knew that this is just him in his house. And me and mine. And him writing something. I didn't like it. But then I found out other people had this problem too. But it's really important the way that you express yourself, especially in a written context. I'm very careful on these shows not to curse. My friends uh, on this show, guests on this show, sometimes curse. And the show does have an explicit tag now. You, After, kind, you kind of cursed on this one a little bit. Frickin' hell? Well, piece of crap. Crap? Eh. I'm talking... You're talking like big... Big drops, as they say. You know, the S word, the F word, the C word, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't use them. Now, David Hanemeyer Hansen came on here and I had to put an explicit tag on the show. So I just <laughs> left it on there. But in general, I won't curse on the air. Now, you, you know me outside of the air. You've I heard do. You've heard me curse. I have. I wouldn't say I curse excessively, but when uh, I'm punctuating a statement, I might. I'm a human being, but I won't do that on the air. I also won't do that in published writing or any writing for that matter. And the reason that I won't do that is because I believe, first of all, that cursing is a, uh, an, a sign of, it's a crutch. Let's say it's a crutch. Yeah, when you can't think of the right word. <laughs> and or... it, sometimes it is the best way to say it. But most of the time it's a crutch. It does lend a certain attitude to whatever the point is that you're trying to make. It definitely makes you, uh, it, it helps punctuate a point sometimes. But record, we're recording this. And hopefully this show will be around for a long time. People will be able to listen to this show for a long time. We save all the shows. Maybe someone out there will one day think it's good enough that they want to go back and listen to it. And maybe that person is 15 years old. And she's going to be playing it on her home stereo. And her mom's going to be walking by while it's on. And if there's no bad language, then her mom's not going to have a problem with her listening to it. Maybe she's 12 or 13. And yeah, we do have early teenage listeners to a lot of our shows. And a lot of parents let their young kids be in the room while they're listening. Or to, in the car while they're driving yeah. them somewhere. Most of uh, the frequencies listeners are eight-year-old girls, I found. <laughs> yep. All four of them. <laughs> so we have to, I try to pay attention to that. I try to be mindful of that. I would love for my kids to be able to listen to anything that I do or read anything I've ever written, ever. So that's why I try not to curse and why we don't curse here. It doesn't offend me. But I feel like cursing, I'm absolutely not offended by it, but I feel like cursing is one of those things that it, it's a sign of a weak, a, a, a weak writing skill if you're doing while you're writing. And then this, uh, this post from Tumblr comes out. Now, for, for those who've been under a rock, Hattie, or for those who are listening to this show in the future and have forgotten this time period, Tumblr was just acquired by Yahoo for, what was it, $1.1 billion. 
most of which goes to David Karp. He gets something like $250 million. Their investor gets 200 ish million. The first 10 employees each get six point something billion on average. Although I'm sure that some people who were there very, very early probably get more. And then it's the rest is distributed. But I think in the lowest, like if you're a Tumblr employee, you're probably getting three, 400 grand just at a minimum, just from working at Tumblr. That's what I've come to believe in what I've read. Mm-hmm. Nice payout. So I'm telling you, Addy, stick around. <laughs> Till CBS uh, comes. That's what I'm doing. Bide your time. That's definitely, you know, something good. Just happen. whittling away. Yeah, just <laughs> sit by the fire, whittle. <laughs> Enjoy your cocoa. Everyone, this is the email posted by David on May 20th. Everyone, I'm elated to tell you that Tumblr will be joining Yahoo. Before touching on how awesome this is. Let me try to allay any concerns, colon. We're not turning purple. Our headquarters isn't moving. Our team isn't changing. Our roadmap isn't changing. And our mission to empower creators to make their best work and get it in front of the audience they deserve certainly isn't changing. So what's new? Simply, Tumblr gets better faster. The work ahead of us remains the same, and we still have a long way to go, but with more resources to draw from. I don't like the exclamation point in the end. We still have a long way to go and surrounded by the hyphens. Yahoo is the original internet company and Marissa and her team share our dream to make the internet, the ultimate creative canvas. I couldn't be more excited to have her help. We also share a vision for Tumblr's business that doesn't compromise the community and product. We love both our logos end with punctuation exclamation point. As always, everything that Tumblr is we owe to this unbelievable community. We won't let you down. Then he concludes, I'll, I'll, I'll say how he concludes, we won't let you down. So far, this is a pretty well-written uh, post. Yeah. It doesn't sound at all like it's coming from a PR company. This right. sounds like, like David wrote this. How old is he? Flood warning now. Huh? Oh my gosh. Flash flood. In this area till 6.30 p.m. He's, I think he's 26 years old. So it's it's youthful. It's you know it's not too crotchety. Yeah, it, it's it's what you would expect from somebody. If there was a press release up here mm-hmm. that sounded anything like something that would have come out of a PR company, Tumblr users everywhere would have pitched a fit beyond what the fit is that they are pitching and leaving to WordPress and by the hundreds of thousands. So he did the right thing by writing this email. In this way. And it's encouraging. This was clearly not an email for the media. It was no. not an email for his employees. This was an email for Tumblr users to, yeah. to get on board with this and not worry. And I don't think he's worried about attrition. I think he's just no. fine. So then here's how he concludes his email. I won't say it on the air. So be nice. F yeah. Comma. No, no. Two lines. I always believe that in the salutation, the original salutation, you would have, like, if you were saying, kind regards, comma, return. enter, and return, 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 then your name, mm-hmm. so that you could sign it in that space. Well, obviously, we're not signing it in that space, right. but put a space in there, people. Put a, a, a space in there. Don't, why would you not? Why would you put David right under F, yeah? Needs a space. So, first of all, right there, credibility is mostly gone <laughs> with me. 
obviously the guy's, you know, smarter than I am because he's got $1.1 billion into his company, 250 million of which is his. Right. So he did something better than me. Uh, but he should still put, if anything, that should teach him to put a space after the the, the closing. He's setting an example. Now everyone's going to do, well, David did it. I don't need that space. I feel like now that's the, how how everyone in the world loses little yeah, proper things like that. It's one person that has credibility uses it, it's and the then it all goes downhill. Now, two spaces after a period on the internet, that's just absurd. <laughs> F, yeah. F-U-C-K, space, yeah, comma, no line, David. Now, I am well aware that there is a uh, thing on Tumblr where people will make a Tumblog that is like F yeah something. Mm-hmm. It's like a Tumblr thing. So what's an example of that? Because I know you're in, really into Tumblr. Um, it's hard to peel you off of it during the day. I'm trying to think of a good one that would be interesting. That is an example. The F yeah dictionary. Okay. F yeah movie posters. One of the ones I like. So what most of the people who, when I asked, I asked this early in the week, Monday or Tuesday. I asked early in the week, what do you people think, what does this make you think of? What does this make you feel? Ah, this uh, F, yeah, directory is, uh, did I say dictionary? Yeah. Wow, I'm tired. Are you all right? Dictionary, directory is a collection of all the F, yeah, blogs. So you can start there. (laughs) So here's what I asked on Twitter. I'll get to the calls. Calm down. <laughs> Freaking people. Does closing your 1.1... Bi- you know what? Hang up. I don't care. Does closing your 1.1 billion acquisition post with profanity somehow assure users that you're still cool, haven't sold out, and aren't the man? That was my question. Another question. Who is the intended audience of that post? Tumblr users, the media, the general internet population? I And, and I did later have another tweet where I said, yes, I know about the F yeah... Blocks, yeah. Um, so I asked Danielle to go through and collect the interesting responses from this. On, that all came in on Twitter. Roly Chalo says, I think all it does is remind people you're 26. Mm-hmm. However, I'm one to talk. Shoot, look at my Twitter feed. Lots of cursing, but I'm also not a CEO of a $1.1 billion company. I, 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 I think this was on the one hand saying... I acknowledge this cool uh, F yeah trend on Tumblr. I'm aware of it. I'm one of you. That's what it says to me. Right. I'm like you. I curse. It's like uh, Mark Zuckerberg wearing uh, the t-shirts and the hoodies. It's like. What it also says is, see, if we had sold out to Yahoo, not sold to Yahoo, but sold out to Yahoo. Well, then I wouldn't be able to do that. They'd censor me. But this just shows you Uh, I'm not the man. They're still the man. I still have control. I'm still one of you. Don't worry about it. Give that time. He's going to become a corporate stooge in a matter of months. Just watch. He'll hide it really well, though. He seems like a really good guy. But he's going to have to align. It's just give it time. Look at him in 10 years. See where he's at. Still, congratulations, Tim. It's a big deal. I wish I was a Tumblr. I wish I had... Become a Tumblr employee. I'd use. I'd love to have three hundred fifty grand. You'd have to be in New York, though. Oh, exactly, and that's where it all stops for you. Yeah, you talk. You mention New York, and you're out. And I, yeah, I just <laughs> drop the mic, back away. That's it. 
Mike Swim, two M's, says maybe that's the way he speaks and to his audience profanity is no longer considered profane. Do we have uh, a collection of other posts by him in uh, such other, a manner? Uh, we, I, I have not done that, but other people did comment to me that that's his typical way of, of posting and tweeting and this is just him being him. So at what point do you feel that you have a responsibility to your audience? Well, his responsibility apparently is to close out in then such a to manner. close out in that way that makes it very clear uh, that cursing is fine. Now, I again, I don't have a problem with cursing, but what you do when you curse is you limit your audience. Yeah. If you're the if you're the person that could, I almost said guy, I've got women listeners, Hattie. They're coming out of the woodwork. I now. know, but for this show, whenever I would go to meet somebody and there'd be a woman there. And she'd be like, oh, you're Dan Benjamin. I listen to Merlin. I'm back to work. He's so cool. <laughs> Ladies do love Merlin. Once in a great while now, I'll be like, oh, I listen to Quit. So, and the frequency. And yes. If you're there, it's, they, they mention that too. <laughs> but if you're the person in the office who decides, you know what? I'm not going to wear a T-shirt and an old pair of cutoff jeans to work and flip-flops, which I'm going to kick off under the desk. But you actually like look nice when you go to work. If you care how you look and you look nice and you go to work, you look nice. Why not also be aware of how you speak and what language you use? And maybe that will set an example for somebody. And why is that so bad? I'm not offended by profanity. But it doesn't it, – I never hear somebody cursing and think, wow, they sound really smart. Maybe that's right. not your goal. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you don't want people – maybe the kind of people that you associate with – uh, would think you were all uh, snooty if you didn't curse or if you, you know, had a better vernacular to use. And then, you know, <clears throat> you go to a bowling alley, you're going to hear cursing. But I, I feel like it's a crutch. Now, why am I so upset about this? This guy is a CEO of a billion-dollar company. That doesn't mean, oh, you've got, you've got to sell out, you've got to be the man now. But it means people are going to pay way, way, way more attention to what you do. So think carefully about what you do in public. What you do in private is totally up to you. When you're having a barbecue at your house and your friends are over there and you're cursing, fine. This is the email or the post. I keep calling this thing an email. <laughs> this is the post that will always be there for when the Tumblr sale happened in a year, in five years, in 50 years, in 100 years if people are still even paying attention. This is the post that will be there. This is the post for all time. Right. This is the, this is the post you will be known for making. This is the mark he's leaving on the world kind yes. of thing. F yeah. I'd be embarrassed of that. Right. What's wrong with saying... You guys are the best. Thank you, Dave. F, yeah. Okay, what if he would have just linked to something that had that in it? Would that lessen it? I, I don't know. Jeremiah Hester. He says, coded way of saying all your nip slip and prawn tumbleweeds will still be okay. Tumblerweeds, sorry. Will still be okay. Seems silly, though. Robert Curry, who... Gosh, I love Robert Curry. Whenever I, he says, whenever I use profanity, I feel I'm being lazy and uncreative. I tend to think the same about others. Is this a big deal? Is this a big deal to end your post this way? Yeah. Yes, it is because people are paying attention to this. 
This is the post that people are going to pay attention to. This may be the only post. This may be the only post I've ever consciously read knowing it was from David Carr. I don't know that I've ever read anything he's ever written before, and I, I may not read anything he ever writes again. But I read this one. That's what I think of him now. Yeah. Well, and it I makes mean, it. And there's people, a lot of the people who wrote to me, a lot of the people who wrote to me said, it makes him seem like maybe he's one of those guys that's in a place he shouldn't really be in. Maybe he doesn't deserve it because he doesn't appreciate it. He's just a kid who happened to have a good idea at the right time. Can't take that away from him. Well, and doesn't he want to be taken seriously? Apparently. I mean, he is younger, but I but mean. Maybe it doesn't matter to him. In the corporate world. But... No, maybe this is his whole thing. No, I don't want you. I, I got successful on my own terms. So like I'm 26, I'm going to be 26. I'm here because of me, not because I followed your rules. I followed no rules. And I'm not following any rules. And this is how I do it. You don't like it? F you. CJ Chilvers. It's a lesson in owning your own content. Only your personality matters then. Listen up, medium. G-E-M-M-A. How do I say that? Gemma? Gemma or Gemma. Gemma. I can't ever Hallam. say it. Okay. Hallam? Bad Hedgehog on Twitter. She's great, by the way. Yeah. My old uh, Virginia, she's history. I don't even <laughs> want to think about her anymore. Dead to me. Keep, keep staying on hold. Who's screening calls? Danielle. She's here again? Well, when she's back. Well, she, the calls are being screened. Then she's here. Okay. <laughs> That's a ghost is screening them, actually. I'm going to call her Gemma. Who's on the... Yeah. I see it as a forlorn attempt to reassure. Knows on some level folk, uh, folks won't be reassured, but feels the need to wave the token flag. TJ Draper, it conveys a sense of immaturity to me. Nothing else. There are a lot of other appropriate words in the English language. Oh, Ashley. Ashley Baxter. Ashley. She's, I love her. She's my heart. She's my star. I think it was an apt reference to Tumblog's plethora of FIA blogs. And this goes on and on and on. Now, then you read the post from um, Marissa Meyer. And her post is absolutely corporate speak. It's absolute. I'm not even going to read it. Toy. <laughs> it's, it's absolute corporate speak. It's absolute from the PR department. And, and uh, Mike H uh, Hickerson sums it up well by saying, saying, meanwhile, Marissa Mayer's post feels like she's trying too hard. I agree. I don't think anybody has anything to worry about Tumblr. Nobody's, it's going to be fine. Yahoo will take care of it. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if Yahoo changes their name to Tumblr. That's how important it is for their future success. <laughs> Tumblr is the future of Yahoo. It's that simple. They, they are the future of body. Yahoo. That's right. You've got a new tattoo. Right, just of uh, Tumblr, it's half the Tumblr of logo. the word Tumblr and half of the word Yahoo just can't with wait a for line you to take that middle, bandage off. Take the bandage off. <laughs> Might need help because it's your whole back. Yeah. And it, it just... It's just, he could have, he could have, this was his chance. I think if you're the CEO of a company, you have a responsibility to set an example. And I think this is exactly the kind of example that he wants to set. And you know what? That's too bad. That's too bad. Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, illustrations, video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com. 
You'll find the perfect image for your website, ad, publication, create a project, doesn't matter. You want a big image? They got the big images. You don't want to pay more for the big image? Don't pay more for the big image. It's included. It's one price. Don't fall. I almost fell off. I know. <laughs> and you choose from your favorite pictures. You can pick videos. You add them to your Lightbox gallery as you search. That's a nice thing. Because typically the way I do it is I'm going some, oh, I like that image. Uh, and, and then you, you open a new tab. Oh, I like that image. Open a new tab. Oh, I like that. Image. Open a new tab. You don't have to do that. You can put these things right into your own light boxes, which are so cool. And then they're categorized. They're organized. You can share them with other people and do whatever you want. It's genius. And they've got an iPad app that lets you do it. Genius. I want when Hattie, when you do the Shutterstock call, mm-hmm. I only want to hear one thing. Cause she's, she does all the account management. That's why she's not on the show anymore. Right. He's busy doing that. I got busy. I want the Shutter... Who's the, our guy at Shutterstock? Arjun. Mm-hmm. Is that a real name? Mm-hmm. Is he American? I don't know. Okay. Ask him. <laughs> uh, I want him to say, oh my God, Quid is outperforming all the other shows. That's what I want as well. I, I, that's it. Well, we got to step Quid it up Quid is then. outperforming the... Well, the, these listeners are jerks. They don't care about this show. They sure seriously, the, legitimately, they do not care about this show. They want it to end. All these people, selfish jackals, they don't care. Have you ever been told by Shutterstock that Quid is the, the biggest uh, show performing? He never got See, back to me. That's what I want to know. He should get back. He should call you in a panic <laughs> saying, can we buy out the rest of the Quid for all year, please? How do you help? <laughs> Shutterstock.com. And when you find what you want to buy, Dan sent me five. Dan sent me, and then the number five, 30% off any package, Shutterstock.com. Save the show. If I don't hear that from him, I may not do another episode of this show. I found a, um, a link to quotes about cursing and, uh, you know, different ones. Let's hear I'll some read of you them. one. Yeah, I would like that. I want to make sure that they're not, like, all for, qu- for cursing. Mm-hmm. Right, that would be anti my entire argument. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks to, for derailing. Uh, Alexander Pope said, "To swear is neither brave, polite, nor wise. Uh, words are sacred; they deserve respect. If you get the right ones in the right order, you can nudge the world a little." Tom Stoppard. What's wrong with formality? Conversational speech is conversational speech, and most of the shows that we do are pretty conversational. But what's wrong with being a little tiny bit formal? It's it, worst case you're being respectful. <laughs> Jeff Stockwell, to me, the F yeah sounded both forced and tasteless. He may as well have said, I'm pretty rich, bitch. <laughs> you can say the B word. Bradley Chambers, who his avatar shows him in a, a, a white shirt, a vest, and a tie. He says, I think there is a level of cursing that some will give a pass on in public. The F word is not one of them. Last one. James Cool says, feels arrogant like I'm rich. Tumblr content creators will get nothing but a chance to worry Yahoo will ruin it. It's enough for now. So this, uh, a while ago I had this blog post page two, as Paul Harvey would say, page two. Long time ago, I had a post on high. Do you remember how you never read high logic? Be honest. No, I didn't. Okay. Good. I like your, honesty. I wouldn't even lie about that. <laughs> uh, there was a, there was a time a long time ago when there was this discussion going about the iPhone mute switch and how it should work. 
John Gruber wrote, I think the current behavior of the iPhone mute switch is correct. If the mute switch silenced everything, there'd be thousands of people oversleeping every single day because they went to bed the night before unaware that the phone was still in silent mode. He's referring to the fact that even if you have the phone on mute, the alarms still go off. Andy Anako, no, I should slide the switch. I should mention Andy Anako recently switched to Android where you can control this behavior. No, I should slide the switch to mute. And then the phone goes silent. If I miss an appointment time because I did that, it's completely on me. If my phone disrupts a performance, despite the fact that I took clear and deliberate action to prevent that from happening, that's the result of sloppy design. He's referring to the iPhone or arrogant design, which is harder to forgive. At the time I said, my take physical settings should always trump and override software settings. If you flip the switch, you've told the iPhone something very important, just like when you flip a switch in the real world. When you turn off a light, you expect the lights to go off and stay off. When you hit the mute button on your TV, you expect it to stay muted, even if your favorite show comes on and you miss the first five minutes because you didn't hear it. Well, these guys came out and they they made a hardware solution to this. Okay. Which is a Kickstarter project. And Ron, in Utah, 33 years old, see, she's getting the ages now, is the one behind this. Uh... Ron, you need some help, though. You're not anywhere near where you need to be. Right? Not even close. Well, we're getting there. All right. Hi, Ron. Welcome to the show. Hi. All right. So talk to me about this. You, you, uh, you came out with this thing, and you claim that it was – I don't think it was because of my blog post. I think it was because this this bigger discussion, but you're just being nice. Is that true? Well, let me let me preface my response by saying that I have a, a friend on the line with me who's a colleague and a longtime friend that uh, it's been his childhood dream since he was like four to be on your 5x5 five five show. So he's with us. He's like conference in. His right. name's Dan as well. Okay. Hi, Dan. And so if it's uncouth for him to be here, you can tell him to leave and no, don't hang up. No, it's fine. So listen. I, I, sh- I would. Well, well, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, so... You now, I, I t- was the one that sent the email. Okay. So Actually, just, here, here's the so deal. You know. Hang on, quiet. I, Sorry. when I tweeted about this show, you had like 18 backers and 500 bucks. And I've tweeted about the show. You now have 65 backers, 1,376 bucks. You've got 29 days to go. You're looking to get $24,000. Okay. I think you're, you're, you will probably make it. I think after this show, you'll definitely make it. And here's the idea. You call this thing, this is called the mutator, which is a great name. Who came up with that, Ron or Dan? That's Dan. Dan. Good good going. Dan, I don't know if you need Ron. And then you say, here's the thing. The mute switch doesn't work the way that people want it to work. And you guys came out with this thing. Here's what I want to imagine, because, you know, as we, we frequently say, uh, on on this show, uh, you know, radio is uh, the theater of the mind, the theater of the and mind. basically, you have a little pyramid that is attached to what looks like an otherwise normal iPhone style headphone jack, and the little pyramid sits on top of the jack. The jack goes into your iPhone, and it literally it will mute everything. Why? Because it's absorbing the sound, and then the sound goes nowhere. And if you want that to change, if you if you just want sound now, you don't have to pull the thing out. You just t- twist it. You turn it. Genius. That's the selling point. 
And you know, there's been times like I have one of the, the streaming machines in here, the Mac mini that does yeah. the streaming. There have been times yeah. where you can't in the software that we used to use to do the streaming, you couldn't disable the output of the sound. It would just always be playing the sound in the background. So I took a little headphone jack, I mean a headphone cable, and I just clipped it so it was just the plug, and we'll plug that into the output. Essentially, that's what you're doing here. But you've, you've one-upped it uh, because you've made it so that you can, just, you can just turn it, and then the sound comes out. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, we, we thought long and hard. It's been really something that's bothered me for, since the original iPhone, but... It's the buzz, like your blog post, that kind of said, hey, you know, there's enough people out there that think like I do, and you're one of them, and it, it became clear, hey, let's try to do something about this. And plugging in a headphone was the first iteration, but then it's like, yeah, it's kind of, it works, and it's great. You cl- cut off a headphone, and it works, but right. it'd be nice to not have to remove it, and if it looks better. So, so I mean, you've got so this thing, born. and what's involved in, in making this thing work? As far as what? I mean, getting this thing out there, getting this thing into production. Why, why 24000 yeah. bucks? Oh, it, uh, you know, it, it's actually a pretty, it's small. And I think that maybe uh, is deceptive. A lot of people think it's simple. But to create this custom tip that we're going to need to create, that's the headphone, you know, plug portion, and then also to do the, the plastics, to mold it onto it, it's it's quite a bit in tooling and development as well as um, production. So, you know, it, it, it's deceptively simple looking, but it's a pretty complex project as every engineer that we've spoken with so far has tried to make clear. So it's, but we've, you know, we've, we've come a long way and we feel like we've got a good handle on it now. So 24,000 bucks. So, you get this thing. Yeah. And what happens next? Are you guys working full time? Um, I have a job. Yeah, Dan has a full-time job, and I kind of uh, have quit my work. I, I've been independent uh, contractor for many, many years. I do photography and web work, but I uh, decided I didn't want to do contract work anymore, and so I kind of uh, took a big risk in saying I'm not going to go out there and solicit any more work or really take any more jobs. I'm going to focus on my own products because I want to see – something from the beginning to the end. Usually right. I jump in and I help people get things off the ground and then I hand it over to them. It's like spending nine months carrying a baby and then handing it over to a new mother. If that's not a weird analogy. And so I want to like see this thing grow all through its formative years. And I feel like the only way I can do that is by actually putting my own thing out there. I've got like a million ideas. I always have. It's time to start acting on them independently. So this is, if you get this money, if you raise this money, how much, because I got to be honest, I I don't know if $24,000 is enough because if you want to quit and do this, I feel like you're going to need more than $24,000. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, $24,000 might get the first things. run of them done, but but you're going to need a surplus, uh, surplus of money. You know, you're going to need more money. Well, I, I plan to move into my parents' basement, so um, with my wife and kids. No, I'm kidding. Oh, we I, we, we had a guy. You, you must really listen exciting. to the show because we had a guy who did that. 
And and it's uh, not an option in my book. No, we, it, you know, it's. Uh, I think we've got a good shot at, at getting this project going. But it's kind of honestly, Dan, it's kind of a a stepping stone to the larger picture. So it's, you know, we're testing the waters. We're going out to see what we can get out there and what we can, you know, we'd love to see this project succeed because it's one that I personally and and Dan both believe in and want to own and have in our phone. But there are dozens of ideas, software and hardware, that we're really excited about. So this is kind of an exciting new, you know, uh, venture. But it's, you know, we're, we're jumping off the cliff with both feet. All right. I and just I want to be sure because is, I just feel like is, you need to ask more, man. You need to ask more. It's too late now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You definitely can use more. So what's your business plan for this? How do you think you're going to execute on this? You're going to get 24,000 bucks. You're going to go and you're going to make these. And here's how it works. You get, you can just back it for a buck. Like always $5 or more. You will get a postcard with a photo. Uh, $13, you get the mutator, which is the name of your thing in black or white default is black at a little bit of a discount, $16 or more. Uh, you, you get one of them and, and I guess that's set up so that what, so that people who don't get the early bird because it's a limited number, that's the regular price. So 16 bucks is what this is going to be. You can get a premium anodized aluminum one and it just goes up from there. But if you look at this and you assume that it's 16 bucks, right, to make one of these, if everybody just got that one, right, right, then that means you're going to be able to make approximately 1,500 of these things. And I don't know how much these right. things cost for you guys. I mean, maybe, maybe they cost a buck to make. Maybe they cost 12 to make. I have no idea. I'm not asking you to reveal that. But maybe they make cost fifteen hundred bucks to make, or I mean, you know, fifteen bucks to make. Whatever, you're going to make these things, and then what? What are you going to do the next time? You, is that enough left over for you to start packaging them, marketing them, having a website that's up and ready with e-commerce so that you can start making more of these? Where's the money going to come from to buy the next thousand of them that you have to make and have packaged and sitting in your garage so that you can start shipping these out when the orders come in? I'm worried it's not enough money. Who told you to set this price at $24,000? You didn't call me first. If I would have known. We, uh, you know, we really uh, did a lot of research. We went through, you know, the bootstrapping route of saying, how much would this cost to just, you know, to jerry-rig this thing up? And then we went to some engineering firms actually first and, and went through the full gamut. And, um, you know, we, we feel pretty confident in the price, obviously it's a game. I mean, you're, you're, you're definitely walking a fine line. If you ask for 35,000 and you only can raise 30,000, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't walk. But if you ask for 20,000 and it's not enough, you're in a lot of trouble. And so we tried to find that balance. So we said, Hey, let's ask for what we need bare minimum to get this project launched in you know, the best one that we feel comfortable putting it out there. Obviously there's some things we'd love to do yeah. um, that would allow it to, to reach even more people and whatnot. Thankfully we do have, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff, the web and the, you know, getting it out there. Some of these things, you know, I, I've worked in web and marketing for the last 15 years and, you know, while we're, we're not the top tier, 
you know, we definitely feel like we, we have a handle on a lot of that stuff. And, and for the web development stuff, that's, that's all our job. So we can get that done. So a lot of these costs we can save, you know, we, we really have bootstrapped this and done this without incurring a lot of overhead so far, but it really comes down to making sure we get a good product release. That's what matters to us. And I think for that, for that price that we've asked, that's, that's where we're at. We feel like that's the bare minimum to get something for our backers that they're going to be thrilled with. All right. So listen, I've got the, sh- the show notes at 5x5.tv slash quit slash 25. Go there. You'll see the Mutator. You've got a website, mutator.co. And it also has a link to the Kickstarter project that's there. I will, I will be backing this. I will be backing it at the $13 level. Because I'm, you know, I want one. I don't, I don't need the anodized one. And I'm going to take advantage of your little, uh, little deal if I can get in in time. Because I won't be doing it during the show. There's only 50 of those left. If that fails, I'll, I'll, do this. I'll go ahead and do the 16 one. But I would like this. I would use the heck out of this thing. So good luck to both of you guys, Ron and Dan. And uh, once this thing closes, 29 days from now, or if you get to the pledge you need beforehand, call back into the show. Maybe you'll be calling back in next week and talk to Matt Howie and ask him for advice. <laughs> How about this? If you, if you make it, if you make it, if you make it to your pledge, I will graciously accept an appointment to your board of directors. You, well, that's great. We've actually got the documents printed up. So good. But only if you make it, only if you make it, otherwise you'll be a failed entity, <laughs> but I think you guys will make it. And hopefully we can help a little bit. I'll tweet about it again. And hopefully our listeners will go and check it out because it's a really cool project. Good luck to you guys. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks Dan. for the call. I think they should ask for more. Oh, good one. I like it when the young people call in. The youngins. Mike, he's 26. He's in San Antonio. He's trying to balance school with work. Thinks he's going to start up his own company now. Mike. Uh, good afternoon. Good summary. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I basically work for a company with hundreds of thousand employees. Whoa, what company? And, uh, Mercedes Benz. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> okay, I'll assume it's Mercedes Benz. Uh, yeah, that's good assumption. Good okay. assumption. Um, so basically, I'm a husband. I'm a family man. I'm a full time student, a full time employee. So my my salary is pretty important because you know obviously my family needs to eat and everything. So. Sure. Uh, I'm a senior in college, and I have one year left. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. (laughs) Let me just put this together. (laughs) You're 26. Uh Uh-huh. You have a full-time job. Is it, but okay, but you're in in college, you're a senior in college. Yeah, and I'm a full-time student as well. You're a full-time student, and you have a full-time job. Busy guy. But you're about to graduate, it sounds like, in fall. Uh, actually in the spring next year, in okay. 2014. Okay. So despite the fact that you have a full-time job, I'm assuming that's about 40 hours a week. Despite that fact, you are doing fine in school and you're finishing school. Yeah. Yeah. I have a 3.8 GPA. Wow. Um, and my degree is CS is computer science. So, wow. Good, um, good, good work. Um, yeah. That's great. Uh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Did you have to take out a lot of student loans or are you paying as you go with your full-time job or what? Actually, um, work kind of helps me pay for it a little bit. Nice. And I just got a 
like I just had a scholarship this year because of my grades, so I will graduate at free. Well, not necessarily debt free, but student loan free. That's amazing! Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is this is the guy from now on, Hattie. I'm going to talk about Mike. Mike is my kind of guy. Okay, and you've got a wife. Does your wife work? Yeah, she does. And you have you have at least one child. Yeah, we have a son. He's going to go into kindergarten this year. Okay. Busy, busy, busy guy. And look look at what he's able it's to get done. It's going well. <laughs> look at what he's able to get done. I would if Everyone you, take take a take a page out of his book. <laughs> if you were going to say to me, I'm thinking about trying to work and go to school at the same time, I'd say don't. And look, here's the guy that's proving me wrong. Here's the guy that shows, you know what, you can do it. And now you think you're going to start your own company? Yeah, and the reason why is work, unfortunately, disappointingly told me that they're not going to work with my school schedule. And that's the dilemma that I'm in is that, you know, I really, I'm looking to kind of quit because I have one year left of college. I don't see there's no reason why I shouldn't just grab the degree. No, you've got to. You've got to. That's way, way more important. Way more important. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking everywhere. I, like, I have been on the grind daily just trying to contact people, networking. Um, one of the things that I found is I got in contact with um, a contracting agency that is talking about a possible Ruby on Rails job. Mm. And this would be my first programming gig. And um, I have a little bit of familiarity with it, but because I'm in CS, you know, we've done like Perl, we've done Java, C++, C... Um, I've, I've explored a little bit with iPhone programming, but I've never made an app other than, you know, going to the iTunes U kind of courses and kind of like learning just the basics, but I've never been able to finish an iTunes U course either. So, you know, I have like a lot of just, you know, I guess dipping my toe in and I'm excited about the possible Ruby on Rails job, but, you know, some of my friends have been kind of encouraging me. And, and what I like is that it would really allow for a lot of freedom if I just started doing freelancing and I started making my own business or... I just started just contracting myself out, but obviously, you know, my wife, my wife and I have talked about it and she's a little worried. Yeah. Um, and of course I always want to consider her when I'm making a decision, but I, I just, I, I really, I'm kind of confused on what I should do. And I was just looking to the quit audience and, and actually to you to kind of help me, I guess, make the right decision or help me on the right path at least. Well, uh, I, I will say this. I am not, I have a bachelor's degree. And I've said this before on the show. It's not the most appropriate bachelor's degree for what I've done in my career, but just just goes to show you that that just having a college degree, having a bachelor of arts, bachelor of science degree will do wonders for your future potential jobs. There are many jobs that they just want to see a degree that's somewhat related to what you're doing or that, that you can explain how is related to what you want to be doing. But what more than anything else, what it says is, hey, I can I can go through college. I'm qualified now. I went through college. I did it. I did that. And now you can hire me because we have this shared understanding of what I'm capable of. And that's get through college. Now you're doing it with a much, much, much better GPA than most people. Certainly better than me. My GPA was horrible. So absolutely finished school you're too far uh-huh. you're too far in 
and time, investment, and money to not finish it, no matter what. Could you live on just your wife's salary? Well, I mean, coincidentally, she just got a promotion, and she got a, a pretty good raise. Um, we looked at it, and we would really have to cut back on a lot of things, but it's possible that I could get a part-time gig, maybe even at, like, a Starbucks or, mm. you know, just something just to bring in maybe, you know, 800 to to $1,000 a month or something like that so that right. I could continue school. So it, it's possible. We'd have to make sacrifices, but she's, she's more than willing to help and support me. I mean, I think that there is a certain aspect to knowing, not necessarily using, but knowing that your spouse can support you, especially if they don't have to. But knowing that that could potentially happen is worth a heck of a lot in the sense of peace and security that you'll have to take a smaller risk. Worst case scenario, you're going to graduate. You're going to graduate without, uh, w- without a debt and you're going to be able to get a job as a Rails developer or as a Python developer, whatever. You're going to have a CS degree and you're going to be able to go out there and say, hey, I've had some real life experience. I've had some college experience. I put, you know, I, I went to school and worked, so I'm certainly capable of just working. Yeah. And I've got a degree in the thing that I'm looking to do. I, I, that's a pretty compelling argument to show that you're worth a company investing their time in. As far as what you should do now, the ideal scenario for you would be one like this. Find a company that's looking for something like a paid intern or a junior developer so that you can start getting, and you mentioned this, I'm just saying that this is the way I would paint the picture, so that you can start getting on the, on the job experience doing the thing that you're getting your degree in. You can do that. You can make money, and a lot of the times those internships or part-time things or junior developer things become full-time jobs. So how great would it be if you could go and get that Rails developer job, you're working there, and then you graduate, and they say, oh, awesome, come on board. Now, if you quit your current job, will they still be helping you with the school, though? Well, that's, that, that's where it's kind of like fortunate like the universe is pushing me in a certain direction because, you know, okay, so let's say I quit and I have to pay back a little bit of the tuition reimbursement that that my current job has given me. I still have that full scholarship for next year. I mean, I don't need to dip into any funds. Someone's going to pay for my school for the next year. So, you know, I guess it's, it's like almost everything's telling me, okay, just, just let go and just, 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 just do it. Just finish it. You know, like there's going to be so much more benefits and, and you're kind of confirming that too. You know, I think, I think you you definitely have a tough choice for yourself. But again, the focus has to be, from my standpoint, my opinion, the focus has to be on getting through school. And once you're through school, you can do whatever the heck you want. As long, you know, if you're willing to go work at a Starbucks, a lot of people aren't willing to do that. A lot of people aren't willing to do. Well, that's not my field. I mean, you know, I'm a CS guy. If you're willing to roll up your sleeves and make coffee, you know, then, then you're willing to pretty much do anything. And you know that it's going to be temporary. You know that you're going to be able to get out of it pretty quickly when you have that CS degree and bide your time there. And the other thing is 
Starbucks, they can train you to do that job. I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish the, the challenges of being, you know, being a Starbucks employee. But you can get training for that job pretty quick. And mm-hmm. they're not necessarily expecting you as a barista to stick around for a long time. Whereas if you went to work at an actual, you know, software development shop or something, especially if it's a smaller company, they're going to invest so much of their own time and money in getting you up to speed that if you wind up quitting in six months when you graduate, that's going to hurt them. It is not going to hurt Starbucks if you quit after six months. In fact, you might be their senior employee when you quit in six months because there's so much turnover at a place like that. Yeah, true. So as long as you can afford to pay your bills and take that part-time job and devote yourself to school and get a, get the hell out of there, I mean, that's what I would do. That's my opinion. No, that, I mean, that's great. I, I've, I've been with the company for seven years. You know, I started at 19 and, you know, I've, I've invested a lot of time here, but, you know, I, I just, I just, I really want, I, ultimately the goal is to quit and, and do my own thing and, and to, you know, I mean, I could never dream of being a Marco or somebody like that. You know, I, I wait a minute. I Hang a on. Of, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? You could never dream of being a Marco. What is that? First of all, dissect that comment for me. Well, he just got money from Tumblr. He's, he's done so much. He's so accomplished. Well, you yeah, could, really you, you could never, guy. you could never be successful. You could never make $10 million from a company that you were, you know, one of the first employees. You could never do that. That's only for people like, uh, like Marco. Mike could never do that. Mike, the guy who has a 3.8 GPA and is going to school full-time and is working full-time and is helping support his family, that guy could never, he could never make 10, 10 million bucks from working at a company like a Tumblr. No way. It's only Marco who can do that. Don't, don't strive for that. Don't hope for that. Don't, you know, don't have any dreams. In fact, you might, you might do really well as a barista for the rest of your life. Focus on learning how to make a really good cup of coffee because you're going to be in there for a while. Of course you can do it. Of course you can do it. It's not just for Marco. That's for you. All you got to do is go out there and do it. And you're on the right path. You're already on the right track to doing it. And you're mo- more motivated than half the people that call into this show who are, you know, they're 18 years old and they're terrified, you know, to quit their job at the ice cream shop. No offense. Of course you can do it. Of course it's for you. You're doing it. You're doing it right now. I know most of the people that I know who don't have to work when they're in college still take five years to graduate. They don't have to work at all. They're on the meal plan, packing on weight. You know, they're lucky to show up to classes instead of winding up drunk on the lawn of the frat house. You're supporting a family and you have a job and you have a 3.8 and you're going to graduate debt free. I, I'm going to put my money in your court. I think you will be there. Continue, please. I appreciate that. I, I you know, I kind of lost my, my train of thought because honestly, a lot of this is surreal. I appreciate you guys just being so, so, um, I mean, so generous with your comments and your, and your, you know, sort of praise, you know, and, and I, I don't know why more people don't do it. I, I just, it's something that I just set my goal and, you know, just work at it. And, you know what, but may, maybe, you know, maybe you will never be part of a company that gets you six to 10 million bucks for being one of the early employees. Maybe that will never happen. Maybe you will never have an iOS app that you sell and that, you know, 
that now you're in a point where you can just work on the things that you like. I think for, for most of yeah. us in the technology world, that's really what we want. We just want to be able to choose the things that we want to work on ourselves. What would you like to work on? Oh, I don't mind working. I just want to, I just want to choose the stuff that I do. I want to yeah. have the, well, it took me almost 40 years to get to that point. And I'm not, I'm not in a situation where I don't have to work. I have to work, but I do get, to, I do get some choice in what I do. And it took me 40 years. I mean, obviously I wasn't working from birth, but I, it took me to that age to be able to get to this point. You know, that, and, and yet I'm still very thrilled to even be here at all because I never thought I would. I mean, I hoped I would, but I never, I, I didn't know. And there were lots and lots of things I did that failed uh, utterly, utterly. You're already on the right track. So, you know, I mean, my opinion, let go of that thing that's, that's holding you back. I wouldn't run out of there, but find something that you can do. Focus on school, get out of there. Have mm -hmm. no, have as little debt as you possibly can and then go, you know, go make use of your degree and then call me in a year when you're at a startup uh, that just got sold to uh, Google and you're, you've got a couple million bucks in the bank. You can kick me, a, you know, a couple hundred grand as a thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to do that. All right. I, listen, that. you said that on the air, so we've got you there. All right, Mike, thanks for the call. Good luck to you. Let me know what happens. Awesome. Thank right. you. You guys are great. Appreciate it. Take care of yourself. This is a nice guy. I don't know what. Oh, Robert. Robert Shaw is uh, on the phone. Robert Shaw. He's got. He is the the uh, minimalist capsule guy, and he has advice for the mutator guys. This is a guy who knows. Yeah. Robert. We're connecting people. Robert. Hey, what? Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, silence your cat. What's the story? <laughs> what are the mutator guys going to do? What should they do? Did they did they screw up by not asking for more? How much did you ask in your Kickstarter? Um, I asked for 16500 Not enough. Um, and yet here you are. Well, yeah, it's an interesting thing when you're doing the setting the, the price. You have to, it's In the Kickstarter game, you have to have it low enough where people are like, oh, he can reach the goal. But then you can't have it too high so that, um, that they're like, oh, there's not enough support for it initially. So I, I think their goal is not really the problem. I think the problem is um, they have too many choices. One of the things that we did early on when we did ours is we only had two options. We had an early backer level, and we had we're talking the actual for, okay. So for for people who don't remember, you came out with this this wall right here, Hattie. This wall there it is, and uh, this is the minimalist uh, wallet from Capsule is your company, right? And right, it's I hate a big wallet. I know we all do. I think, and this is just I can I have in here three credit cards my driver's license in that little pouch. And then in the little strap, I carry on a few grand. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't like to, I don't like to walk around so with less you than eight, have, 10 grand. You really like to have but they're that. But they're thousand dollar bills. So it's no big deal. Right. It doesn't take up much space. So this is, and then it can be a front pocket wallet so that it's less likely to get pickpocketed. And if you have an, a back issue, it won't affect your posture when you're sitting. And I gave one of these to the, uh, to the guy in the, uh, the suite mate of mine, Anthony Armandera. Senora Mandera. He's right over there at Fun Size. We share the, uh, they sub uh, from us. And he was so thrilled to get this because he's like, oh, I, I need a front pocket wallet because I'm, I can't have a back pocket wallet. Okay, so anyway, that's what you guys did. What's your advice to the mutator guys? 
Um, a couple of things. I, they've already kicked out the project, so some of the things have already left the train station, and they can't fix. Right, because they've got they a, they've a got factory. a black they've got a black one, they've got a white one, they've got a one that's made right. out of carbon uh, steel that's light, a carbon steel that's dark. They've right. got a, a th- I mean, they've got a million options on there. Right. So that's one key thing. Is I think for Kickstarter. Um, you want to keep it as simple as possible because not everyone is familiar with the platform. Um, so when you're reaching out to a broad audience, if you, you confuse them by not letting them know what they should be backing. And I think for these guys, the $13 level and the $16 level is really all they need. The other things just confuse the point. Um, you, they want to get the, the basic mutator made. Um, and, it, and at their price point of you know less than 20 bucks, which I think is, the, the real sweet spot of of Kickstarter, they should really focus on, on that. Once you start asking people to to back, you know, over a hundred dollars for something that's not proven, um, they get a little gun shy. Yeah. Um, so that would be my first advice for the things that haven't they haven't had folks back on. See if they can remove those for now. If you end up exceeding your goal and then have um, um, you know, already met your funding, then you can go ahead and start introducing new things, which would be these um, other options they have, like the aluminum or, or the, you know, custom green. Um, because in the reality of the situation is, is they want people to click on the first thing they see and, and back. And at a $13 level, it's not, it's not that hard of a, a decision to make. I would actually also recommend that they get rid of the $5 level. Um, I noticed on our project that, um, folks that are going to back five dollars will likely back thirteen dollars. Interesting. You don't you you don't want to give them another option to have to decide. It's like oh you know um, thirteen is too much. I'll back eight. It's it's not that significant of a difference. Um, and, and even if you got a hundred people backing you at five dollars, you cover that really quickly with you know a few your backers at the thirteen dollar level. So. I recommend making your condensing it so that, you know, the first time you hit the page, you see the three options or three or four options at most. And people um, just make the decision easier for them. So that's one thing I would recommend. The other thing is I saw that they just launched and they've got, you know, 66 backers already, which is actually pretty, pretty good traffic. I don't know where they're um, promoting the product. I see they haven't. No, I'm, I'm, I'm their promotion department. Okay. I mean, I, I think well, I'm just, they were on the show and this is their, their promotion department. I was, uh, you guys were promoting it and you did a really good job of yeah. promoting it. Here's what people, I think they don't understand is if, if so you, if you send me something and I think it's cool, I'm going, I'm not, I don't feel any obligation to talk about it. But if it's cool and I like it, I will talk about it. And I will make sure to say, as I have with the stuff that that you sent me, I said, oh, the capsule guys sent me this new wallet they have and it's awesome. And there's other people out there thinking, oh, they're paying them off. No, they just sent me something cool. And I'm going to make sure that they know that I didn't pay for it. saying thank you for it. You sent me for it. Thank you. And check it out. It's awesome. Help these guys. They're doing a good thing. You want to share things that you're excited about. For the guy who didn't who had a great wallet and didn't send it to me. I didn't even get to decide if I like it or not. So if you have something like if these guys had sent me one of these little, uh, uh, mutator things. Yeah. I'd be talking about it all day long. 
because I love the idea as long as it was good. It looks so cool too. It looks like a little pyramid from Egypt. Mm -hmm. It looks like the little floating, yeah, well, the little Illuminati thing floating on yeah. the $1 bill with uh -huh. the eye. See, I would have put a little eye on it. This guy's lost out. They should have called me first. I could have given them the whole idea if I look at the, hang on. See if I have a $1 bill in my, mixed in with my thousands. <laughs> Hang on, Robert. Wait. There's there's one. There's just one. Is it on the one? Yeah, there it is. How do I say this? You took Latin. How do I say that? What does that mean? Here's your chance to shine. Hang on, your, Robert. Your dollar bill is too dirty. Of course, it's something wrong with the dollar bill. That's why she can't read the Latin. You want another one? I got another one. Yeah, there's a big smudge but on see, this one. See, because you told me to ew. 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 Do you know that all... I guess I'll just keep this dollar All then. currency is covered in cocaine. Did you know that? In I know. Yeah, no, I knew Like 90% of the U.S. currency is covered in cocaine if it comes from Miami. This is true. I know it sounds bad. Merlin would say ping pong, but... It's uh, Anuit. Oh, there's a ligature. See, I would have done that. Cocus. These guys should have called me. Why don't people Nobis call Ordo me? I'm an idea Seclorum. guy. Thanks for the $2. <laughs> You earned it. So what what should, what what can they do if it's too late for them, Robert? If it's too late for them, God, Robert, smart, Robert. Will you? I have a new company that's a secret. Will you be on my board of directors in this thing? Absolutely. Okay. Anything for you, Dan. Where are you out in San Francisco? Uh, I'm in actually L.A. area. L.A. I've that's right. I remember now. Can you? How long is that? That's like a 15, 20 minute uh, walk to San Francisco, right from L.A. Yeah. Come down there and the once, next once time I'm. The train in 50 years, we'll be good. They're doing a space elevator. You could just go up, come back down. You'll be in San Francisco. Listen, we're going to be out there. I think in a few weeks. Could you make it out there during that time? Sit down and we'll talk. Sign some papers. Um, let, let's let's converse over email. I do everything in like. out in the open. But all right, <laughs> we can does. do it. We can do it your way. We can do it your way. So, yeah. what can these guys do? Let's say they, they take off the thing. They simplify the thing down. What what what's left for them? What are their choices? Well, I'm sure they've done uh, you know a push to get promoted um, for this kind of thing. There are a lot of different gadget blogs and also um, you know men's lifestyle blogs that frequently troll the Kickstarter page. So I, I have a feeling that for something kind of cool like this, they will they will get picked up. And, and I'm looking at it; they just launched today, and so they actually did to do the right thing by calling you. Yeah. Um, you know, they you're, the the ability to get the word out. A network like yours is huge for them, but but I think uh, one of the things they really want to try to focus on too is leveraging the you know the power of the um, their own personal social network. So in the chat room, I posted a link um, from a, uh, a blog post that Tim Ferriss did on how to raise a hundred thousand dollars in your Kickstarter mm -hmm. project um, even before you get started. But there's a lot of good tips in there that I, I, I wish I had known when I was doing um, my project. But I think the, the the main thing is to do is to just you really um, need to get one major pickup and then everything else trickles down. So all their focus should be on contacting the people that that you know edit that uh, or are editors for those types of outlets and focus on on driving that. Um, the one-off interaction on Twitter or Facebook is not as effective as having someone with a megaphone like yourself. So they really got to focus on that. Yeah. And I actually think um, once they get going, they should be pretty um, – something like this with the relatively low um, entry cost is um, – normally does pretty well on Kickstarter. 
And it's actually interesting when we're talking about all these different levels that they had. Um, I, I was lucky enough to meet with Yancy Strickler, who's one of the founders of uh, um, Kickstarter. Great guy. Last week at a meetup here in L.A. Yeah, yeah. I, met, I met him, really too. Really He's su- super smart, really cool. Very, very New York. Yes. Um, but uh, one of the things that he mentioned is that actually Kickstarter is not really a huge fan of stretch goals which is um, what happens when you introduce your project and then start adding a lot of different other add-ons to your project after you've reached funding. I think they're, they're, they're more purist in, in that regard. And I, I don't know if I agree with them 100%, but I think they are right when they say, focus on the project that you want to get funded. Don't focus on you know, other things like you know, stickers or T-shirts or you know, meeting the creators, these kinds of things aren't like the focus of your project. If your project is to build the mutator, then focus on, on just that and let give people the option to back that one project. And typically you'll have um, better success. Right. right. So anyways, just my two cents. Wanted to chime in because I think uh, uh, Kickstarter is a, is, a, is a fun vehicle to try to get this stuff, um, get this stuff, promoted on and i think they'll, they'll they'll have a really fun ride with it and, and they're off to a good start well they're i appreciate as always quality. as always robert i appreciate you calling in and, and offering your advice go check no out problem. thanks for having me go check out capsulewallets.com if you would like to carry i you know what we got to do hattie i just thought of this what? We've got to come up with a, you know, we got to work with these guys to do like a special five by five edition of the capsule wallets. And we got to oh do my it. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. We got to do it before on Crate Bogart's at. Yep. <laughs> yeah, again, let's talk. How cool would that be? Instead of handing out business cards, I just hand out capsule wallets with a five by five logo on them. Or the jackal. Mm hmm. Jackal brand wallets made by Capsule. They go crazy. Or just the just the EQ. That would be so cool. So cool. A little embossed on that. See, that's I don't wear my own t-shirts. Like I would not wear a five by five. You won't let me wear mine. Because you got it too big. No. Mine fits. I like six different you kinds. You got a men's small. And a woman's small. You're supposed to be a woman's extra I like, small. I have like three five by five shirts. I'm probably, you know what? There are probably jackals out there that have more five by five shirts than I do. It's because they care more than you do. Probably. All right. Just listen, kidding. Robert, we will talk when, uh, email, email Hattie and we'll set it up. We'll set up a call. Okay. All right. Good. Thank you. Thanks guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I like that guy. There's two quick yep. calls. We got to do it. They've been on hold an hour, 90 minutes, Hattie. I told I you to stop me at 60. I couldn't the help food's it. food's waiting out there. We're going to do... I bet. Rapid fire calls right now. Rapid fire. Get your bell ready so you can be like, okay, that's all, all right, that that's, you get to talk. Hold on. And no, then... I'm going to do the digital bell first. Hold on. We'll find the digital bell and I will play a buzzer when I'm done with the caller. And then I, that's it. That's all they're going to get. So Hattie, it's going to be 60 seconds. Okay. Yeah. And when the 60 seconds are up, that will be the sound that will play, and I will I, whatever they've said in that sixty seconds. That's all they get. That's all they get. That's it. Okay. That's what you get for waiting on hold for an hour. 
Listen to that noise. Hello? Craig, you're in Albany, New York. You hate your job. You're trying to start your own thing. You've got a background in audio technology. You've got one minute. Go. Yeah, so I've been working on a farm since I was 15, on and off. I uh, went away to school got a, uh, for audio. Got a job doing audio, live sound production. Um, but because of layoffs and different things, I moved back to my hometown. I've been working on a dairy farm for a couple of years, and I really want to get out of it. And I was just wondering if you had any tips, ideas uh, on how I could build my own business doing audio, um, you know, live sound, recording, uh, co- consultations, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I have some experience in all of it, and I just want to get back into that. That was way under a minute. I guess that best. <laughs> I'm gonna buzz you anyway. I try to be right. So uh, that oh wow, a dairy farm, really? That's awesome. Yeah, my dad's been a farmer since he was eight, uh, and I started working when I was in middle school with him, um, and then worked all through high school and into a couple years after high school, and on and off here and there. Um, family friends that own the farm so i've been fortunate that when i did get laid off from my job uh, i was able to go back to work for them but it's not what i want to do now okay silly question uh but as as a guy who's constantly surrounded by screens and technology and reading stuff on the internet and an iphone at all times i have what is probably a artificially positive view of what it might like to be working on a dairy farm. I imagine you wake up early in the morning, you milk the cows, you're working with your hands, you, you earn an honest living. I, I don't know the first thing about it, but I imagine that th- that in a special way would be kind of cool and fulfilling and to know that it was like your family business. W- what's so bad about it? It, it, it is rewarding for a while. Um, but getting up at 4 a.m. six days a week uh, to get out there, whether it's, you know, 100 degrees or, you know, 5 degrees, uh, and working outside all day, it, it just gets old. Um, and it's not something I have a passion for. I mean, music and audio is what I have a passion for. So that's that's really the big reason that I'm trying to, to get back into that. Well, Hattie just sent me a picture. Is this him? No, no. I just found... Uh pictures of dairy farmers this is a guy who he's tall facial hair kind of messy hair you know looks like he works with his hands he's got like what i'm gonna call a jumpsuit on blue jumpsuit yeah coveralls coveralls he's got this one's better boots here this one's better he's standing with a cow and the cow is his friend it looks like it's his friend Okay, the second one is of a guy yeah. inside the the dairy contraption where I guess you the little suctiony little milkers suction onto the teeth. Milking of, parlor. Okay, he's Ooh, standing the parlor. There. That's the milking parlor. Meet me in the parlor. <laughs> and then there's the last one, which Hattie found from Shutterstock.com. Dan sent me five. <laughs> where there's uh, he um, he looks a little bit like a model. He's wearing a tracksuit or a, a jumpsuit. I think this is a work suit, but like it's a really trendy, maybe really European trendy. one. The guy's the hair is just perfect, and he's carrying a bottle of milk. First of all, I want to—I don't want to get on this because people, I'll lose all my listeners if I start talking about raw milk. But do you? Can you do raw milk? I'm sorry, the farm I work at doesn't do raw milk. Have you ever drank raw milk? 
Yeah, it's pretty good. Actually, when I was a kid, my dad would get milk right from the milk tank, and that's basically that's raw milk. Uh, you get used to it. It's it's you know it tastes thicker than even whole milk. Right. Uh, pretty good. Okay, I was just curious. I've had it. Um, and then you can put it into a little uh, jar, and you shake it. Got butter. That's the coolest thing. Yep. I've made butter. Yeah. I stayed on a dairy farm once. Really? Mm-hmm. In Ireland. It on purpose? It was really fun. Mm-hmm. It's a little bed and breakfast and dairy farm. It was awesome. All right. So, audio tech, like you're talking about editing shows, you're talking about editing music, or you're talking about yeah. narration work? What, what, what do well, you have in mind? All of it. I, I, I worked, I went to school for recording and production, uh, and then I worked for about five years in live audio. Um, so I've worked in, in theaters and churches that rock, uh, you know, concert venues, um, all kinds of stuff. I mean, I'm really, a big part of it is I'm a big gearhead. So you're in, you're, you're in New York, you're in Albany. I mean, you're close to lots and lots of big cities. Um, yeah, about, about three hours from New York city. I actually worked in Rochester, which is a pretty big music city. Yeah. But, I was going to uh, say that's a, that's a huge city. Fam- yeah. In Rochester, I was there for several years doing Limestown, but for, for family reasons, I moved back to my, my hometown. Um, and that's when I kind of get out, got out of it. But you're educated in this, like you went to, uh, uh, a school and you learned yeah. and you've got some qualifications, certifications. I'm assuming, you know, pro tools and logic and that kind of stuff. Yep, I went to a school in Southern Ohio. It's called the Recording Workshop and got a certification in audio production and recording. Okay, I mean, I really think that that's that's a lot of the time all you need to get work in this field, but it's very, very difficult to be out on your own doing this for two reasons. One, it's very hard to get noticed because there are so many people who are doing this kind of work independently, number one. And number two... For a lot of people, it and I hate to say this because it's not true, but it's perceived as a commodity job. It's sort of audio tech guys are like the Java developers of the audio world in that you, you just – again, here's my analogy. One Java developer leaves and the boss hits a button and the, the, the floor opens up and through a little cir- – the circle in the floor, a chair comes up and they pull the plastic wrap off and there's a new Java developer and he just starts typing. And, and that's what audio guys are in the audio industry. And it's unfortunate because that's not how it is. Um, yeah. And unfortunately the other side of it also is that also there's a lot of musicians that don't think they need any help. Um, and you can all, and they can always use help. Um, I've actually been working with a, a, an old friend of mine that's a upcoming singer songwriter and just a few things I've done have improved the quality of her shows. Tenfold. How much? Okay, listen. Kind of thing how, I, you know, how, I also want to do. I, I, this may be too personal. You can just say pass. How much do you want to make a year? Um, I haven't really thought that far into it. I, I mean, mean, I want to be able to make a living. Uh, to start with, I know I won't be able to make a full time living. My wife has a has an okay job, and she's actually um, pretty sure she's got a, a promotion at work that would be able to help us out a lot. Um. But, you know, I, I want to be able to make a, a full-time job out of it uh, over time. All right. I mean, I think I think it's very doable. I think your best bet, and I've got to let you go because I'm way over here. I, I, I think your best bet is going to be to try to find 
at, at least initially as you start to build up your practice, uh, is going to be to find a way to work with a, an existing shop that's doing this or just find, mm-hmm. you know, find a local studio that has a, a pool of four or five guys that they rotate in and out on different schedules and you can go and sit in and you can do this kind of work. And you can gain the on-the-job experience that, that, that never hurts regardless of how much you have and that allows you to just go mm-hmm. and, and work with people, get, get ins. And then what's going to happen is you're going to – eventually somebody's going to come in there and you're going to do a really kick-ass job for them. And then they're going to be like, well, you know what? We, we don't really want to come to this studio anymore. We're going to be building our own studio or we really want someone to come in. And, uh, and work with us on a more regular basis, you know, is that you? And then you get one customer like that and you can do a whole lot more. You, you're just, but you're going to have to find a studio or, a or a place that's doing them and you're going to be, have to be able to go in there and, uh, and, 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 and join up with them. It's just too, and maybe I'm being overly negative. You could tell me I'm wrong, but it, it's too tough to get started without a roster of clients already jump out on your own and be like, oh, I'm just, I'm just good. That's why I should hire me. Um, you, you need something that's a little bit more, uh, there and that can be experience and you can, you can get the experience while you're getting clients at the same time. So that makes a lot of sense. Do that, but you can absolutely make a living doing this. And if you want to edit my shows, I can always use, uh, additional people to edit, uh, to edit these shows. So if that sounds like something you want to do, go to the, you know, go to the contact page and tell us that you're the guy that uh, called in and we can talk about it because I always need help. Okay. All right, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for the call and good luck. Let us know what happens, all right? Thank you very much. All right, take care of yourself. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And there's people on hold. They've been on hold. I'm going to take this last. There's somebody else calling in. You know, he knows he's not going to make it on today. All right. James, 28, Indianapolis. You passed on a job offer and got replaced. That's depressing. Hello, Dan. Hi. Hello, Hattie. Hi. Uh, as I said, I'm James Dunn, former U.S. Marine, independent Ruby and iOS developer. Um, I love Quit. Thank I love you. what you do. Uh, long live the king of podcasting. Uh, I worked with a junior startup incubator in town, executing on other people's ideas and designs. Um, I called to talk about launching a product and getting passed on a job offer mm-hmm. and then being replaced as a maintainer after spending over a year of my life on it. Wow. Uh, so my question for you is about doubt. You know, I've got self doubt. Like, was that a bad call? The client bought all my time and now I've got, I've got no other clients. So I'm kind of, <laughs> I have to hustle. Uh, and, uh, that should be about 60 seconds. <laughs> oh, you didn't have that limit. I went, I so screwed up with less, but I'll, I'll buzz you anyway. Um, the, okay. you know, the, the question that, that I would turn around and ask you is, um, you know, this, and this is a scenario that I found myself in at one point where I had, you know, I had a practice where I had multiple gigs and I was spending a lot of time getting a new gig. So, you know, I might spend 60, 70% of my time doing the work and then 30, 40% of the time finding and lining up new work. And you're saying you were in a situation where you wound up not being able to line up any new work. And now that you've lost the thing that you were doing, you don't have anything to do anymore, right? Right. So, you know, I'm trying to make an iOS app in, in the meantime and hustling, uh, trying to work my contacts. But yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's a that's definitely a tough situation. But yeah, I mean, like Gary Vaynerchuk says, you you just got to go out there and hustle, and you know what you're going to be able to do. You just you've got to be able to get paying work, and that's what so many times people forget when they're in the business of creating something. They forget that they also need to be spending time, uh, not just creating something, but they need to be able to go and and line up that next thing. And it's not that you're stupid and it's not that you're short-sighted. It's just you, you got caught up with doing, focusing on something that you probably love doing, which is, you know, building the apps, doing the work. It's very, very easy yeah, absolutely. to, to, you know, essentially forget that. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, you're probably, I'm assuming just from the way you, you sound, you're probably very committed to doing a good job. You're probably very committed to making something that's great. And it's, you know, that becomes your focus. And of course, when you, there's no, when there's no indication that that could ever possibly go away, uh, why would you think that it would go away? You know, I was in, I was in that same kind of a situation where I had a client and they pretty much were giving me full-time work and I liked it. And it wound up turning into, I actually wound up sort of pausing my consulting business for a number of years while I worked there. Uh, because, you know, I liked it. I went full time with them and that maybe that would have happened with you, but it didn't happen with you. So instead you're, you know, up to Creek. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about clients. Uh, I learned a little bit from, from, uh, Mike Montero to bash clients. Yeah. You can never, Um, don't name them. You can, you can bash them, but just never, 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 (laughs) never let anyone know who they were. Right. Right. But uh, so, um, I had, I was under the impression that there were going to be follow-up, uh, follow-up gigs or whatnot. And then, you know, they said, they sent me an email saying, uh, you know, we would like to talk about, you know, full-time opportunities or whatever. And I thought, you know, this is, I love, I love the way things are now. I love working from home. I love, uh, you know, uh, just the independence. And, uh, so much to my surprise, uh, you know, some, some guys on GitHub and he's like, Hey, uh, can you tell me about, uh, your, your code? And so I'm explaining my code to the guy who's eventually replaced me. Uh, so that was awkward, but, uh, anyway, you still there? Yeah. I'm listening to you, man. No. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, <clears throat> so, um, so what are you know. what are you um, going to do? What's the, what's your question? How can I help you? Go hustle. That that was it really about fear and doubt, you know. Um, you know, you want to be a freelancer, you want to you want to do it on your own and you want to I want to uh Well, here's what you do. Do you have a job offer on the table right now <clears throat> for a full-time job? No. Okay. Now no. so th- so then what you are right now is a freelancer. Spend all of your time trying to find a gig and if you see a job now, this is the situation that I was in years ago. Are you going to start your own little company and do your own freelance work? Or are you going to go and take a job? You can't do both and you've got to decide, I'm going to find a job or I'm going to go freelance. Do you have money in the bank? Um, I've paid my next two months worth of, of bills mostly. Okay. So, um, I'm okay. For do you now. have uh, someone to but, support you, a family, a, a spouse, something like that? Yeah, my uh, special lady friend. Okay. Special lady friend or or special lady? Uh, So I think, uh, you know, I think you're in a situation where you could probably 
justify spending the next month to try and drum up some freelance business. If, if you work 8 to 12 hours a day for the next 30 days, you will probably okay. be able to find some really good freelance business. And if after 30 days you can't, you're now halfway through your bills being paid. You now have another 30 days to find a job doing anything from being a barista at Starbucks to what you're actually qualified to do. And I think in 30 days, the economy the way it is and everything else, I think you could probably do that as well. Okay. Well. That's it. That's your plan. That is your 60-day plan. It's that simple. Great. Don't overthink it. 60-day plan. That's your 60-day plan. That's what you've got to do. 30 days, All right, I'll let 30 you know days to get some freelance business. 30 days to find a job if you fail. But I don't want you to try and do both. I don't want you to try and be like, oh, I'm going to find a freelance gig and also look for a full-time job because it's the same thing. You, you won't be able to have the kind of focus that you need to make it happen. Oh, no. I, I really don't want a, a full-time job if possible, Dan. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, this is awesome. I, I, I love it. Uh, I love working on, well, I'd love to work on my own things, but I, I don't have the, the time or money for that right now. <sighs> don't so. stress out. You've got a plan now. You know what you're supposed <laughs> to be doing? Go do it. You know what you're supposed right. to be doing? Go do it. All right. I got to let you go. And, and listen, is it, is it, right. I noticed you said at the beginning, former Marine, can you, expl- right. can you explain to the audience the difference between mm. why you do not say X Marine? Okay. Um, make well, it, make I, it quick. I served make under Bush and, uh, I was in the battle of, uh, Fallujah. And so it wasn't, it wasn't really great. Uh, I don't like to think about that much, but, um, yeah, just, uh, you can find that on Wikipedia. The the uh, they call it uh, was that I was in the Dark Horse. They called it um, Operation Phantom Fury. Okay. It's it's pretty bad. I'll put it in the show notes. I don't want to make you talk about something you don't like. So yeah, thanks. Uh, so the the difference and the reason why you guys say former Marine instead of ex Marine is because once a Marine, always a Marine. Is that why? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And but I don't, I don't like to. I don't know. You don't even want to. I'm, I'm sorry I brought it up. It's okay. It's okay. See, now, see, I was just going to say, yeah, I'm putting you in the, in the, you know, I have two groups for people, people I'm worried about, people I'm not worried about. I, now I don't know no. what to put you in. Are you going to be all right? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm Are okay. you sure? Have you it's talked to somebody ago. about it? Yeah. That doesn't matter a long time ago. So what? That doesn't matter. Have mm. you talked to people? If you like, like professionally, no. But why not? I don't know, Dan. Well, maybe do that. Forget my other advice. Okay. That's my advice now. Do that. You live through something like this. Hmm. I'm familiar with this. This this is what this is exactly what, why you need to go talk to somebody. Not me. <laughs> not qualified to tell you about this. Yeah. I don't know the first thing about something well, like this. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do what you did. Well, to, to be fair, I didn't actually pull any triggers or anything. So I just what? kept the network up. So what? Don't you, like, oh, well, I didn't really. Do, so what? Go talk to somebody about this. Like tomorrow. Well, it's Saturday. Talk okay. Monday. 
Don't diminish right. what you did well, over there. See, mm. Mm. I'm not going to let you make an excuse for that. This is a big deal. You need to talk to somebody Very. about it. Very well. All right. Um, Tell me what happens. Call me Dan. back. Call me back in, in, at your 30-day mark and your 60-day mark, all right? Okay, we'll do. All right. Thank you for the call. Bye. Bye. He needs to talk to somebody, you know? Yeah. The, the job is not a big deal. Correct. There will be other jobs. He needs to straighten that out. That's, that's legit, as you say. I keep nodding and forgetting that we're right. They can't the hear. The they mud. can't hear my nodding. Yeah, when you nod, that doesn't actually get picked up <laughs> by the microphone. The theater of the mind. All right. So if you want to call, I hope he's all right. I mean, I'm a little bit worried about him. I'll put him in that group. Thought I was just asking him a question about why they say former marine and not ex marine. With that on uh, everything unraveled. So if you want to leave us a voicemail message, sorry to the guy who's been on hold for 20 minutes, Bill. He's a corporate stooge who wants to get out. Bill, I hope you call next week. If you want to leave a voicemail, anybody, not just Bill, 512-222-8141, number to dial, 512-222-8141. You go to 5by5.tv slash quit slash 25 to get the show notes, other information about the show, sign up for the newsletter, costs three bucks a month and supports us. Um... Shutterstock.com is a sponsor. Thanks, Hattie, for sitting in. Thanks, Danielle, for putting all together, of, uh, good, putting good together everything for us, making it possible. And I think I'm going to start doing movie recommendations because Merlin and I on uh, Back to Work, which is, I mean, that's his show. <laughs> but we have like a media, like recommendations. And a lot of them overlap with Quit because Quit in, in many ways is the nemesis show for Back to Work. Yeah. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Because Matt Howie, and I probably won't talk about that. No, probably not. But the following week, so you got two weeks. Here's your two weeks heads up. Heads up. Two weeks to go see Glengarry Glenn Ross. I will not be talking about the movie. I will be talking, and Danielle, if you're listening, make notes. I will be talking. Oh, she's got to leave soon. She's out early all the time now. No, not too early. She said after the, the thing. Yeah, but then she said five. Oh, oh, Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross is I'm because I want to talk about sales. I want to talk about the sales environment. I want to talk about, should I be on this one? You should not be in listen. the room. No, you should not even hear it. Put cotton in your Because that and the sales environment and the, everything that comes with it is a fascinating, awful subject. So if that's interesting to you and you want to understand sales, you want to understand the awful world that that is, uh, tune in, tune in. And, and I would love to hear your stories. Do you have stories about selling? Oh, I, I used to be a salesman. It's a tough racket. And you want to call in and share them? I would love to hear from you. So again, leave a voicemail 512-222-8141. If you have questions for Matt Howie, uh, you, can, uh, you can ask those to me on Twitter. Best way to do it or to the Quit Show account on Twitter and me. I am Dan Benjamin on Twitter. Quit Show on Twitter. Dan on Alpha. And Hattie, of course. Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. Thanks again for sitting in with me. 
and uh, we'll be back next week. Have a good one. Thanks for helping me keep the show under 60 minutes, Hattie. You're welcome. Bye.